coming at you from the Onyx Studio in Playa Vista, California. This is The Fighter and the Kid. No, that's no, a different podcast. Um, Trained by Day, Joe Rogan Podcast. No, that's different. My name is Doug and I love Moot. No, it's a different podcast. Adam and Joe. Uh, no, that's not this one. What is this? I might do the whole podcast from out here, just off stage. Um, Ladies and gentlemen of the Leicester Square Theatre, welcome to the first ever Distraction Pieces podcast, live! Welcome, welcome, welcome. How is everyone? Is everyone all right? You look lovely. There looks like there's loads of you. That's a nice surprise. I wasn't sure how it would be. Thank you for coming along. Um, As most of you will know, this podcast is a fucking shambles. And I don't really plan much. I was just going through it out the back with with my guest tonight. And I realised that the last thing on my list of notes is interval <laughs> which suggests the second half is going to be really shit because I've not got any notes for that I've got loads of notes for the first half um, but yeah thank you for coming along I'll explain how this podcast is going to work today so I'm going to have a guest in the first half who I'm going to tell you about shortly I've tweeted about it and given a bit of information and then in, in the second half I'm going to have questions from you guys are you feeling like questiony? Are you feeling you're going to engage in that way? Doesn't sound like it. That was a really mild reaction. Now, I'm going to explain it a bit as well. I've, I've been to a lot of shows where they pass a mic around, or if anyone like, watches the audience with Kevin Smith things, there'll be a mic stand at the side and people can queue up. I think that's a bit unpersonal or impersonal, so I'm just going to let you come and sit here and be part of the podcast properly, if that's all right. So you don't have to think of a question now. But when we're doing that bit, I'm going to get people to form a queue, and then you can come and sit here. And it doesn't have to be like one question, like, what is your favourite colour? Like, we can have a conversation. Like, we can actually engage. Um, And then, yeah, it will be the first time that someone has charged people to be a guest on their podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Which would be pretty nice. I'm creative. Um, Before I get Keith out, I thought I'd just have a bit of a catch-up with you all, because I've... I've, I've, the, a lot of the podcasts for this month I've, I've pre-recorded because I've been quite busy. Um, so I thought I'd tell you some stuff that I've been up to. Um, today, I went to Five Guys. And, no, it doesn't sound interesting yet. I got a burger. Still doesn't sound interesting. I got an Oreo milkshake. Getting more interesting. Got the receipt. Got the name of who served me. I was served by a gentleman called Attila. That warrants a mention, I think. I think that warrants... I think if that had happened to you, you'd go home and mention to someone. I was just served by a dude called Attila. How strong a name is that? I was reading... There was, there's been in the news recently that um, only something like 50 people in the last year... Not people, babies, have been born... have been called Gary. And it was saying how the name Gary is dying out. There's been like 700,000 people born and only like 56 Garys. And that seemed sad until I realised that it's being replaced by Attila. <laughs> Fuck the Garys. Let's have a nation of Attilas. Um, but what I've been away doing, and I've not talked about it much on the podcast because I try, despite what a few people have tweeted recently saying, I, I keep talking over the guests. Um, yeah. It's my fucking podcast. Um, I've been doing a TV show. I'm an actor now. Like, I'm officially an actor. I've been doing a TV show that's, that's airing in America at the moment. Um, and I'm playing um, a sneaky medieval Jew. <laughs> Which is pretty cool, right? I'm not Jewish in any way. Um, but it's been something throughout my career that people think I'm Jewish. I was once... I got an email from... J-Life magazine, which is... Yeah, you can guess. Um, It's a Jewish magazine in Manchester, and they emailed me saying, we'd really like to interview you about um, your touring, your writing, 
you're performing and your life as a Jew. <laughs> and I was like, I'm happy to chat to you about all four of those things. But the last one will be a shorter conversation than the first ones because I'm not Jewish. And, they, and that, I thought that was quite amusing. They genuinely responded saying, this, I've got the email somewhere, I've got the picture saying, oh, okay, do you know any Jews? Because <laughs> they wanted Jewish musicians... And they didn't, they didn't even think that was a weird thing that they've asked me and I'm not Jewish. It's like, do you know any? So I recommended DJ Yoda and they interviewed him. So, I mean, it turned out nice. He's, he's one of my favourite Jews. Um, I've not got a ranking. That's, that's, yeah, there's a big history of lists and that. That's not... It's, it's not... I don't do that. I don't work like that. I don't... I just... I, I like... I like all peoples. Um, so I've been doing this film, this, this TV show. It's called The Bastard Executioner, and it's by Kurt Sutter, who did Sons of Anarchy and The Shield, which are two of my favourite shows. I think they're awesome. Um, my first scene aired a couple of weeks ago on, on FX in America, and up until then, I'd, been pe- I'd had loads of people, because I'd tweeted about it on Facebook, saying, I'm doing, this, I'm doing this show. And I had people in America saying, we've been watching it, when are we going to see your face? All I've seen so far is Ed fucking Sheeran. Because Ed Sheeran's in it. And he's, he's a nice lad. I know, how many of you hate Ed Sheeran? See, not many. It's, it's overhyped. Twitter is a oh, one person put a hand up. At least you're polite in your hatred of little Ed. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing this show and I can't say much about stuff that happens, but um, I'm a Jewish scribe. Um, who's a who's a slave? Um, and my first like my first scenes aired. I'll t- I'll go through it. I'll give you a little. I'll workshop it with you. <laughs> I mean, it's not out over here yet, but you'll get to see it, right? So I'm I'm there with the the main guy, and he's he is the bastard executioner, and he's also like they refer to him as the Punisher. Um, I shouldn't be saying any of this. I probably signed a contract saying I won't say any of this. But it was a, it was a good little line because I um, I come out. And I'm having a go at this other guy who I'm in charge of. And then I look around at him and I go, you're the, uh, the Punisher lad, aren't you? I'm paraphrasing. Um, <laughs> you're, you're that Punisher lad. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm that Punisher lad. He says his name, a, a Wilkin Brettel. Um, and he's like, um, I'm sorry, I don't, know, I don't know your name. And I look him square in the eyes and I say, that is correct. You do not. <laughs> and then I turn to the other lad and I'm like, get on with your fucking work. And then I bounce. <laughs> Pretty stone cold opening scene for me, right? <laughs> I was really excited about it. But yeah, so I've spent all this last week like riding horses, like on a beach and having sword fights. That's real spoilers. This really is stuff I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> I may or may not have been spending all this week riding horses and having sword fights, but... Yeah, it's wicked. Watch it if you get a chance. Um, so I'll get on to today's guest. Oh, I'll tell you how it's going to work. I'm going to have Keith out here. I've, spo- I've done the spoiler. You, like, you meant to hold their name until you're announcing them. Anyway, I'll have him out here and we'll talk for it. And then we'll have a little interval. And you can all go to the toilet and have a drink. And then we'll have the audience question section, um, which there is going to be a prize for the best question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell you about that in a bit um and then we're gonna have that and then when that's finished i'm gonna run out there and go to the merch booth and meet you all and sell your stuff and chat and have photos and we can all have a lovely time it always it makes me laugh when people um like how many of you have been to something i've done before like any kind of gig have have all of you met me 90 percent of you i love it i have people tweet going are you doing any kind of meet and greet it's like every everything i've ever done I'm just lurking about, desperate to talk to people and hang out. Like, all right, just hanging out out the front next to my poster. Going, oh, what that? Oh, yeah, you can have a photo. Um, so, yeah, there's always a meet and greet. That comes with the ticket. Um, so, see, so, yeah, we'll be doing that afterwards. But there's also a meet and sit down and converse on, a, on an award-winning podcast. Not won any awards, but... They don't do podcast awards, do they? Yes, so I get my guest. A lot of people have said to me, 
hey Pip, like, would you ever just interview a fan on the podcast? Because I think that would be really interesting to just get their perspective. And I always read that and think, fuck no. <laughs> like, how would I choose like, which fan? How would I guarantee they're going to be interesting for 60 to 90 minutes? There's a lot of pressure on that, you know? And everyone would put themselves forward, but you're not as interesting as you think, you know what I mean? <laughs> or probably, you may not be. You may or may not be, but... When I was thinking of putting this on, my mum suggested, she said, you should get Keith on. How many of you are aware of Keith? A decent amount. A lot of people have been to any of our shows in London or about, will know of Keith. Now, when I first became aware of Keith, and he's standing just out there, so this is, he's going to be feeling a bit uncomfortable now, but when I first became aware of Keith, I was a little bit scared of him. Because <laughs> I started to notice this guy at more and more of my shows... And he started to get more of a beard and he started to wear the same hats as me and things like that. Um, and then the breakthrough for me was I was at another gig. I went to see Public Enemy doing It Takes a Nation of Millions from start to finish at Brixton Academy. Man, that was a good gig. Imagine that gig. Oh, it was good. Um, and I hadn't tweeted about it or anything. And I saw Keith in the crowd and I thought, all oh, right, shit, this is just a dude that just likes music. He's not a mental stalker that I thought he might be. So that, that, that relaxed me. And then we've kind of built a relationship over the years and he's been to 70 of my shows. So it felt like a good choice. And the story I want to tell before I bring him out was we played an album kind of preview show at the Borderline just up the road. Um, and it was when me and Dan Lassac were about to release um, Logic of Chance. Um, and I'd been really working hard to learn all the lyrics for this new album and I forgot to practice any of the old songs because I just thought I know them and we started a song called Look for the Woman Um, and Dan dropped the beat (laughs) I got to the bit where I start (laughs) not a clue (laughs) so I just ah shit hang on start again started again I think I pretended the mic wasn't working or something then we started again and I was like oh no I'm stuck I can't remember the words um, and Keith was at the front and I think I've tried th- three times couldn't remember it and then Keith just went heads in a mess <laughs> and that's the first line and I was like you're my boy Keith and I just as, as, as soon as I got the first line I could do all of it that's how them things work you just need that first bit so yeah he literally has at some point been my my line cue assistant <laughs> at gigs I don't know this one starts Keith yes correct let's do this so without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the stage, Mr. Keith Clark. Here he is. You all right? Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, man. And you? Good. Was that longer than you were expecting? I did yeah, make you stand longer. there for quite a bit. <laughs> um, I'm going to mention now that... All regular listeners will know I normally do an intro and then there's some adverts which you all skip through and then there's the podcast. So we're going to have the adverts now. That was the adverts. How enjoyable. I pre-recorded them. Um, How you doing, man? You well? Thank you for coming along. Thank you for inviting me. You're very kind. Have you done much um, on stage stuff? Uh, Zero. Excellent. So are you feeling nervous? I'm bricking it, but that conversation we had about wrestling backstage really eased me into it. We've been talking for half an hour about wrestling. (laughs) At least half an hour, right? Maybe 45 minutes, just having a bit of a catch-up on who we like and who we don't like. Feel free to throw some wrestling questions in later, ladies and gentlemen, if you want. Um, So let's talk about kind of... This is weird, because I'm interviewing someone who's a fan of me about why they're a fan of me. But... What is it that's so great about me? <laughs> that, no, no, I'm not really going to ask that question. Um, like, like, how did you first hear of me? At what point did you first kind of hear of my stuff or what I was doing? Kind of? um, well, I used to work for this big evil newspaper corporation. And um, ooh. At a f- ooh. And I used to phone up and chat with the Essex office, uh, yes. mostly about heavy metal music. Excellent. But occasionally about work. And um, one of the lads there said that I should check out his boy, Scroobius Pip. Oliver Quintrell, I'd imagine, right? Yeah, Ollie. He, For a while, he was, I, like, I did gigs with him, and he was, he's the six-foot-two-inch pianist. <laughs> which is a gross pun, but he's six-foot-two, and he's a pianist. But yeah, Ollie, go ahead. Yeah, and that was it. And then um, I was like, Scroobius what? And he, no, Scroobius yeah. Pip, mate. He sent me an email with the spelling, so I didn't really understand. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, it's not... 
And you spelled it wrong. Um, yeah, I did spell it wrong. And a little just a throwback now to the first part. You know, I was saying I had my first moment on TV in America like last week. They, they, they left the, the C off my name. <laughs> Genuinely. It's gone out on TV. The first ever time it's credited. And Shrubius Pip. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, I'm not going to interrupt you the whole way through, through this chat. I know I do that a lot. Um, yeah, so I ordered a copy of your album. Uh, £7, MySpace, bargain. Bargain. Um, I've still got the receipt, actually. And you sent me this handwritten note like, oh, hey, Keith, thank you for ordering my album. I drove through your hometown recently. I was like, oh, that's nice. You don't have to do that. That's sweet of you, mate. Um, So, yeah, and then um, a few months later, you and Dan, well, about a year later, you and Dan played the Camden Crawl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 2007, I think, and, and that was the first time I went to see your life. Oh, wicked. I mean, the Camden Crawl was mental for us because we got in trouble, but it also was something that made us known, was we did the Camden Crawl, and it was just after Thou Shout had come out, and we made up a load of stickers that just said, Just a Band. And we gave them out of the gig. And Camden is covered in band posters. <laughs> and literally every band poster or band t-shirt or anything on the whole of Camden High Street by the end of that weekend had a sticker saying just a band under the band name um, so yeah that kind of was a big one for us and it was also the first time that I looked out and saw a queue outside one of our gigs and it was like shit we've got an audience now this is quite exciting um, one more bit of information about that I'm just going to make Keith queue up stories for me um, I watched Amy Winehouse that night Standing next to Ross from Friends. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no, how good is that? I was amazed. Um, yes. So that was. So, so what was? The, was that the first gig you came and saw of of me or of of us? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I went to the first because you played both nights at the Camden Crawl. Yes, yes. Um, and I went to the first one, which is upstairs at the Barfly. Um, and it was awesome, just dirty little punk venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love the barfly. And I thought, oh, that was so good. I need to go and see that again. When when can I go and see that again? And it turned out it was the next day. Tomorrow. So that was that was pretty easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I went to that one as well. And at the end, if you remember this, you invited everyone onto the stage to dance with yeah. you. <laughs> it was very rock and roll. And we all got up there. And after about thirty seconds, you went. I think I'm going to get in trouble. Can everyone please get off of the stage? Yeah, they got really mad at me. They yeah. got, because it's a festival, so there's other bands that have to play there. You can't really do stuff like that because yeah. it really interferes with how everything's g- going and runs. So they got, yeah, they got quite angry at me. Yeah, you had a real like, rock and roll moment for about five seconds. Yeah. I'm done. I've, I've given up on trying to have, have rock and roll moments for, 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 like, at all now. When we did Coco um, a year or two ago, we had Billy Bragg come out and do a song with us, which is amazing, right? Billy Bragg's an absolute legend. He came out and did a song with me and Itch and Dan, and then literally he was barely off stage, and I just I saw my mum sitting in the balcony, and I just went, Mum, that was Billy Bragg! And it ruined any rock and roll moment or, or credibility there. I was like, fuck it, did you see that? Did, it's Billy fucking Bragg. So yeah, that was kind of intense. So that was the first, first couple. Um, and then at that point, was there any confusion when you'd come to shows? Because at that point, I was doing spoken word gigs, I was doing gigs with Dan, I was doing gigs with the pianist, I was doing all sorts of things. So did you kind of just think, I'll try all these things out? Or Yeah, well, I wasn't really into the spoken word scene before I got your album. I thought you were say, I wasn't really into the spoken word gigs you did. They kind of <laughs> dragged a bit. and But yeah. Mate, I'm into enough of them by now. <laughs> um, and yeah, and back then I didn't really know how to find out much more because the internet was different then you couldn't just go on YouTube and put in slam poetry and, yeah, and get whatever you want so I, I struggled around. I think I got um, I picked up an album by uh, Ross Sutherland and yeah. some people like that um, that's the best I could do but no so I started going to your spoken word things as well and getting into that scene um, that was the, that's the beauty of scenes like that is people don't I have people ask me a lot oh, where's good to go and play and it's like just Google and find one place because spoken word scenes and things like that they're so um, I don't know, kind of all, all interconnected. So the, the way I started, I just started going to open mics. And at every open mic, half the people doing open mics are promoting their own night that they've got on a few nights later, or they're flyering or whatever else. And it kind of, that's literally how I met everyone on the spoken word scene from that, from attending a few. And then you're like, right, I know that guy, I know that guy. And yeah, that all just kind of it links together and goes. Yeah, I started going to a wordplay and. Um, yeah. Bang said the gun and all the others, and I started doing the whole scene, and I got into the whole thing, and it, yeah, it was amazing. 
a bank said the gun is an amazing spoken word. Who's been to bank said the gun? It's amazing, isn't it? I, I kept hearing hype about it, and they were like, "Oh, there's such energy and all this." I was like, "Fuck off! That sounds shit." So oh, it really doesn't feel like a spoken word gig. It feels kind of punk rock. It's like fucking, you're being pretentious, dicks. And then I went to one, and it was one of the best things I've ever been to, and I was furious. And I did I, me, me, polar bear, Kate Tempest, and John Berkovich all entered the slam together I think I think we went in as one. Oh no 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 that was the next time we went sorry the first time I went I entered the slam and I lost to a kid doing a poem about being a poet and having a stutter <laughs> I was not pleased I invented that shit <laughs> And it was like his first gig and it was beautiful and he smashed it and it was absolutely amazing. It was really good. But I was sitting there like, fucking, ah. Oh. I've been doing this years now and you just come up and do that. And everyone's like, oh man, it was amazing you did that with a star. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't win, but Bang Said the Gun do these amazing prizes where uh, Rob Alton, who's one of my favourite performers in general, um, he makes the prizes and it'll be a toy gun attached to something he's brought from a pound shop. And then sprayed gold. So it'll be like a garden gnome or all sorts of other stuff and it looks amazing. So yeah, I think they're off for a bit at the moment, but yeah. Yeah, back in the new year. I, I really, I really, I love those guys and the, yeah, they're fantastic. So you started to go on the spoken word scene. Um, where I've seen you, like when I first started noticing you at gigs, it was all London based. Mm-hmm. And then you'd pop up all around the country. We, <laughs> we never knew where we'd see Keith. Um, so when did you start kind of travelling about for shows or seeing it because my mum is in the crowd I think you hear mum there she is right at the front good work didn't give her a free ticket so that's dedication that that's dedication that Um, she I really enjoyed that when I started to do touring and make a career of this kind of thing my mum and her mate Yvonne is Yvonne here there we go started to use it as a really good reason to travel places and go right we'll go to to Dublin we've never been to to Dublin will come and say, or Bristol or wherever else and just see that as a reason to go and have a bit of a travel and, tra- and travel about. You came to New York one time, didn't you? That was a bit much, but... <laughs> a bit over the top. But yeah, it, and there's a really good reason for that. So was that kind of... Did you start to go, well, hang on, there's places I'd like to go. Let's go and... Yeah, we're well, kind of... i friends in different people. cities around the country and I used it as an excuse to go and link up with people yeah. that I hadn't seen for a while. So I went up to Edinburgh to hang out with my mate up there and did a few other cities, Bristol, places like that. Just yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Just hang out with friends again. Uh, was there one that we cancelled? Yes, I remember well, I was that on wrong? the train to Edinburgh. <laughs> Thanks, man. Did we give any compensation? Did we make up, no, give you a guest list not. or anything for anything? Well, actually, Dan have t- a mug. <laughs> <laughs> Dan sent me a message afterwards. He said, oh, next time we're in Edinburgh, come for a drink afterwards. Well, I don't live in Edinburgh. I don't live in start. Edinburgh. I was getting the if train did, to this Edinburgh. It's been a problem. And then the next time I was in Edinburgh, he just ran away when I said, how about that drink, mate? Oh, what a prick. I know, right? That guy. Like that guy. Um, we've, we've only ever... I think we've cancelled three gigs ever, and that one was one that was pulled by the pr- promoters for some reason. And that was just heartbreaking when you're like, on Twitter or something, going, yeah, it's just... I think you sent a picture of your train ticket, didn't you? Yeah. You were like, yep, just, uh, just on the train to see your gig, so... Thanks for cancelling. And we... <laughs> And we didn't, like, again, like, there was a one that we cancelled in Newcastle once, and we, again, it was the promoter decided to cancel it. So I've got a mate, um, Sam Marshall, who ran a pub at the time called the Dog and Parrot in Newcastle, and I just hit him up saying, do you mind if we just tell everyone that we're coming to yours for a drink? And we just, everyone who had tickets for the gig or didn't just came and had a drink. It was It was lovely. Dan got more drunk than everyone else. Anyone who's been to any of our gigs will know that that, that tends to be the way. Um, and we just had a nice night, just having a drink with everyone. We took one kid for a curry. Um, again, we, like I say took, he just kind of started coming along and it was a bit awkward. Um, but yeah, we just made everyone all good. So again, if we were actually in Edinburgh, yep. it would have been one where we're like, oh, cool, let's, let's hook up, have a drink. But... We, weren't, we, we couldn't even be fucked to go. <laughs> like it got cancelled for us. We are like, yeah, I'm going back to bed. Forget that. Or, or, or whatever we had the next day. So, yeah. Sorry about that. Is, is, is that the, the furthest you've travelled? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been, been down to Exeter, up to Glasgow and Edinburgh, over to Norwich, over to Limerick nice. and Ireland. So I've done kind well, of... 
a Limerick, yeah, at uh, the festival. What festival know, was it? The festival in? was Mitchellstown. That oh, was, Mitchellstown, uh, that's right. That was Independence. That was he awesome. knows. Independence was great fun. Yeah. And again, that was when you, you've got that picture up and you use it a lot of you sitting in an armchair, yeah. being crowd surfed in an armchair. <laughs> Shall I crowd surf in this tonight? <laughs> nah, nah, no one's going to enjoy that. It's going to be horrible. That was great. And that was, I felt bad because you were saying about the, the brief moment of, of rock and rollness at the yeah. other gig and then covering up. I was at this gig and they had these inflatable chairs that looked like, um, what are the old ones called? Chesterfield. Chesterfield, that's right. They looked like that. So I clocked it and I thought, I can crowd surf in that and it'll look at the bollocks. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to do it on the next song, which is my rock and roll moment. And then I thought, I'm just going to get that photographer back. <laughs> so I went and gave one of the photographers a little nod saying, get your camera ready because some shit's about to go down. <laughs> And then had my spontaneous a rock and roll moment that came out with beautiful photos that I post all the time online. But yeah, everyone thinks it's an actual chair and it's just an inflatable chair. But still, it was, a, it was an exciting moment, but you, I did feel better. You ruined the illusion there. Yeah, I've ruined the illusion, but only for you guys and everyone listening at home. Um, but yeah, that was good fun. What, have you got any particular memorable or memories? Not necessarily of something at, of us but something yeah. where you've gone somewhere or something that's happened or uh, some kind of I think one of my favourite ones that happened was the day after you realised there wasn't a stalker at Public Enemy yeah 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 um, yeah and I went to or we we went to not together separately yeah uh, Gatecrasher Festival yes uh, which was crazy because the, the rain just hammered down all day and the main stage got waterlogged and, and you couldn't perform yeah and I'm sitting at the front of the stage you were opening the stage and I'm there by myself like they've cancelled on me again yeah <laughs> He keeps doing this to me. Yeah. Dan comes down the front. He gives me a little nod like, Keith, you see that bus over there? Yeah, Dan. He goes, go wait over by that bus. And so I take a one via the beer store. Yeah. Get a beer, go stand by the bus. And then you guys did like a little impromptu set on this double-decker bus. You guys were downstairs. We did a gig on the MySpace bus. Yeah, so you two were downstairs and the crowd were upstairs, which is weird. Upstairs and, the, yeah, there was kind of a mixture of where yeah. they were. They had little cameras, but it was this tiny little setup. And we'd gone all the way there and they'd just cancelled that whole stage. Um, I think the Prodigy had played the, played the night before um, and then they just cancelled everything else. And we were like, look, we've got here. If there's anywhere we can play, then we will. And we did go out and kind of tell some people. I, I waved my beard about a bit to try and get recognised and say... <laughs> We're going to be over there on the MySpace bus. And it's one of the most m- mental gigs we've ever done. Yeah. Um, because during the second encore... Just let that sink in for a bit. During the second encore that they demanded, because it was so wild, the bus caught on fire and had to be evacuated. Yeah. It was a memorable one, man. It was. I mean, it was a minor electrical fire. It wasn't like you didn't set the place on fire. They traced, they traced it back to the starting point of this fire was this end of the microphone. <laughs> Went up in flames. But yeah, that was crazy to get a bus evacuated and closed yeah. down that we weren't even meant to be playing on. But yeah, it got round. Partly because it was, it was raining. I think that's why a lot of people came on. <laughs> Just get out of the rain. Just halfway through the set, I looked out through these steamy windows and you had like a whole field of people just dancing in front of this bus and it was, it was just bizarre. To yeah. That one. But, you know, that was a great memory. That, that was a great one. Memory. So let's not just talk about me. How about that? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I, 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 I know a few. It's, I want to end talking about cross-stitching because some of you have seen me post some of Keith's stuff he's an amazing cross-stitcher and a lot of you are going alright twee shit but you look at them and they're, they're seriously they're, they're amazing but you live on a boat at the moment that came out of nowhere didn't it no one was just, yeah. I should have led to that more I just shouted you live on a boat, on, on a boat at someone how's uh, boat life Keith? yeah boat life's pretty good I mean every- yeah, it's nice. Everything that happens in my bathroom is disgusting or tragic. Yep. But other than that, don't life, doubt. living a dream. Yeah. Brilliant. How did you come to living on a boat? How did um, you decide upon that? Well, I got like a beer and I like poetry. I figured this was yeah. the next level. In. Yeah. It's natural. Yeah, you just, got the newsletter. So. Yeah, I need to... <laughs> Discount on boats. There's a lot of hipsters and I really wanted to be the best one. Yeah. So, yeah, I bought a boat. So what did you have to... What was, so you bought it, and you, do, do you have to rent the moorings? I'm going in on boats. Yeah, we're going, we're going hard on boats. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I, um, 
I don't have to go into the office very often, so I cruise around the network. And I, yeah. When I say cruise, yeah. like, <laughs> move around the network I like of it. canals. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I just moor up somewhere for a couple of weeks and then move on when everyone hates me. It's, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. I love that. And what, what kind of... Do you, is, 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 do you find that you travel about as much as you thought you would, or do you kind of go, having a boat was cool for a week... <laughs> Now I'm just going to chill here because I'm near, like, a Londis <laughs> and there's a pub over there and there's a 24-hour petrol station. I mean, <laughs> you're really trying with these boat questions. No, I like horrible. it. Like... I'm genuinely I'm fascinated. I really... I, I got obsessed with having a boat holiday a while back. I've never been a lad and I've never had a lad's holiday. And my mates used to have lad's holidays and I'd always been, nah. And then I hit them all up once and I was like, hey, yo, I found this deal on a boat. <laughs> a boat holiday and I was like no 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 you're allowed to drink and drive on boats <laughs> and they started to get on board but they never agreed to come with me so I've never had a boat holiday so these are genuine boat excitement questions I wanted to go to before I was doing music I used to go to Reading Festival and I was like there's a canal next to Reading Festival I could take a boat to Reading Festival but I never have so these aren't I ain't, I ain't pushing this we can talk for hours on this don't test me I've got boat questions if you want to do a video podcast on the boat I'm sure we can we'll do a, bo- a, a, a I can't think of a pun for boat cast it's just, it's uh, can't, boat uh, cast, uh, it? pod, pod mast there's no there's no mast oh, not a canal boat um, long I'm just going to carry on um, <laughs> So no, it's great. Yeah, I move around all the time. If there's something in town that I want to go to, I'll move the boat in. Like, I'm going to see the wrestling in December. Yeah. I'm just going to move my boat right as close to Wembley Arena as I can get, stumble back 20 minutes. That's so dope. Are you ever on a night out and you offer someone lift home and don't, like, <laughs> and don't tell them until you get there? So I'll give you lift home if you want. <laughs> that, that was me starting to open the gates, you yeah, know, no, after yeah, the yeah. locks. It's a visual bit for the people who are listening that didn't get that. Cool. I mean, it only goes three miles an hour, so... Yeah, a slow lift home. home. It would be the morning. Do you want me to walk home next... <laughs> do you want to walk home next to my boat? <laughs> just, just so you feel safe on the canals. Um, I'm not stopping on the boat questions yet, so oh, strap yourselves in. Um, how, how's all the lock stuff work? <laughs> <laughs> Like legit, it's like it's like there's because they're all different. The fact is, the canals, they, a canal can't go uphill. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! This is interesting shit. Because like, because water c- canals have to be at one level. They can't. You can't have water going uphill. That's crazy. So you, they make steps yeah. out of the locks, right? Yeah, that's like, exactly right. Are there any particularly like like ones you want to avoid? Like everyone knows, like you don't want to walk up the stairs at Covent Garden Station. Yeah, because yeah. they're like the most steps in the world ever. Is there any way you like? There's like fucking f- five of these gates we need to open. Oh yeah, yeah. There's you get lock flights, which is just locks and locks and locks oh, after brilliant. each other, and there's there's seven in a row in Hanwell, something like that. Are they more fun on the way down? <laughs> yeah, you go faster. So. Can you unlock all of them and just but, like the worst one going through? You know? <laughs> like Camden lock. Just get your mates to all unload, unlock them, and go. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, if you pee into the lock when you're going up, it goes up fast. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, you've got to help that flush. <laughs> Save time. No, I like it. Have you got a favourite lock? Have you got. Oh, oh. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I'm doing research. No, like a favourite place to moor. Like, have you got one that you think of as your home and yeah. then the rest you just go to and it's a bit of a holiday? These are genuine <laughs> questions. No, I try and moor up places that are, are convenient to travel from. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And places with their supermarkets right on the canal is wicked. Yeah, that's like perfect. Tesco's, Bullsbridge, right there on the canal. Tesco's usually right on the canal. Yeah. Tesco's, Rickmansworth on the canal. Sainsbury's, Uxbridge, five-minute walk. It's not good enough. Oh, man. <laughs> Fucking Uxbridge, man. Uh, Sainsbury's, really. This is Sainsbury's as well. What? Are there any Waitrose on canals? I don't know. It's it not really through my little not, dinky narrowboat. It's not really canal life, is it? It's like speedboats and shit. Um, let's get on to the cross-stitching. We've covered that you live on a boat and have a beard. Let's really fuck you over. <laughs> and like poetry. No, your cross-stitching is insane. Thanks, like, it's amazing. You do a lot of portraits, but yeah, yeah. the thing that really dragged got me on board, because the portraits, like, there's a lot of skill there. Um, it was the thing that got you on board that I did one of you. Yeah, that started it. <laughs> It was actually the one of Buddy Peace was yeah, the one that really got me because the one of me, the first one of me, was fr- pr- pretty average. Um, <laughs> no, because it was the it was the logo rather than a portrait, you know. So 
and Buddy got a portrait, as yeah. did Dan. I was like, fuck's sake. I've well, got a few now, but... You know, people kept expecting whatever. me to do one of you, and I was like, no, I've got, there's loads of people. There's loads of good people to do. Yeah. Um, no, but the things I loved, I was, I was showing someone today, I was doing a little pilot with a comedian called James Acaster. Um, yeah, he's good, isn't he? Um, and I was showing him s- s- some of your cross-stitching, and the ones that we were getting excited about is you started to do charts. Oh, so yeah. you do these graphs of like um, the members of the Beastie Boys and the years that they were members. So you get to listen each DJ and each each producer and doing these little graphs of Wu-Tang and things like that, careers active. Well, what, I, I, what stole from, this? I stole that from Wikipedia originally. Perfect. And then I started drawing my own ones. Just I think that's a really interesting... Uh, just way to picture your favourite bands. Like, yeah. I don't know, it just it visually it, it appeals to me. I liked it and it worked and it's, it's something that is n- like not an offensive way, really fucking easy to cross-stitch because it's just a few <laughs> straight lines. But right, it's you really... do it then. No, I'm not saying. I'm, no, 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 I'm no, up no. here on stage, you go backstage and do some cross-stitching. I ain't hating, I ain't hating. But, um, no, no, I thought they were, uh, yeah, I found them really creative. But let's talk about when you were featured. And again, we're going through here. You love, you love poetry. You got a beard and you live on a boat. Yeah. You were f- uh, f- featured positively. Yeah. On Lad Bible. <laughs> <laughs> no one would have guessed that next sentence, would they? And Buzzfeed, and they're all going crazy about. It. Tell, tell the your war with Santander. <laughs> yeah, no one expected that either, did they? <laughs> Is Santander actually a place? Did it used to be a place? Yeah, it's not the place. It's the it's the the, the bank. So he didn't have a war with a country. <laughs> Keith hasn't gone to war with any country, or not that I know of. Have you gone to war with any countries? Uh, not yet. No cannons on the boat. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about Santander. Tell me what kind of happened. Well, as with most things in my life, it started at a Scrubius Pip gig. Um, <laughs> I didn't you, even know you had that. This but... gig, I think it was a speech development records tour. You yes. had it in Hoxton or something. And um, I went outside to use the really dodgy cash point, and that was probably a mistake. Yeah, that was a bad cash machine. Yeah. I saw that. That's one of the ones that's like it's attached to a lamppost or some shit. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> um, anyway, I got to work the next day, and the bank was phoning me up like, oh, your, your card has definitely been cloned. Ah, shit. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so they cancelled it, and they said they'd send me a new one in eight to ten days. I was like, cheers, mate. And eight to ten days later, they still hadn't sent it, so I was like, can you, can you send me my card and you say, oh, sorry, we forgot. We'll do it again. And eight to ten days later, it's still landing arrived. God damn. All right. And, <laughs> and I bet you're talking to just really annoying people on the phone as well. Or all so main services. and so, unhelpful at the same time. Yeah. So, like, oh, we do everything we can, but there's nothing we can do. Other than, yeah. <laughs> other than what we need, you need us to do. Yeah. Um, and so I just sat home bored one evening, and I was on their Facebook page their customer service page and I wrote this really long-winded story about how my life was falling apart without access to my money yeah um, and I wrote a story about how without Spotify and Netflix and things that I was having to read Jeremy Clarkson books and um, yeah and then I wrote one about how I tried to take a go out on a date but I couldn't pay for the cinema tickets it was brilliant it was beautiful yeah. so beautifully written yeah and, um, and then just as an afterthought I, I cross-stitched a bank card like just yeah, I've got nothing to do, I've got no Spotify. So I, I sat there cross-stitching this bank card and I took a picture of it and I said, look, Santander, I'm going to send this to you. I bet it gets there quicker than the 28 days it's taken you to send me yeah. my bank card. Um, and the lad Bible just thought this was the funniest thing they'd ever yeah. seen in their life. The, that you were able to cross-stitch a replica of your card and yeah. send it to Santander head office quicker than they could send you yeah. a new card. <laughs> So Lad Bible stole all of this stuff off of Facebook, because that's what they do. And um, they just posted this all up. You got in trouble with Lad Bible recently, didn't you? No, they love me. <laughs> I did... Um, I did they, the, they posted when I was doing my drinks thing, which you didn't come to. What's, what's that? Oh, you did. I, I did. We had a chat for like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. We've had a lot of chats. I didn't Jesus. group you in with the regulars. <laughs> Um, so yeah no I did this thing where like when I got to 100,000 followers on Twitter I'd said look anyone who wants to come for a drink I'll buy you a drink and they then got excited about it and posted about it and the reality is as we can see from the few empty seats left tonight not all my followers live in London 
So it wasn't that much of a risk. And I did this and they got on board with that. So they, they supported me there. But then I recently did um, a photo. I posted a photo of my bath. And it's like my bath. It's literally my bath. Because I've realised that the drain bit on your bath, that can hold the plug. <laughs> like on a lot of them. Does anyone know this? Does yours do that, Mum? No. Has that ever done that at home? It never did, right? I bet it did. But we've just never used it. But yeah, I just learned. I saw it. I, the truth is, I'm giving it away. The truth is, I was in a hotel the night before and the cleaner had just popped it in that little thing and I was like, that's what that fucking thing's for. <laughs> you don't have to hang the cable over the thing. So I got home and checked my bath and it was. And I was like, this is amazing. I took a picture and then I was like, fuck, my bath's really dirty. So I cleaned my bath. <laughs> Genuinely, I cleaned my bath and took another picture. If you look at it, it's still not that clean, but trust, it was grim. And I posted it just saying... I'm over 30 and I've just realised that baths, the drainer in a bath, in a lot of baths, is a fucking plug holder. And I was all excited. And then the lad Bible took the picture and put a new thing. Like, just took out that I'm over 30. I don't know what age lads are, but why age you stop becoming a lad? But, um, and they posted it. And then I did a post saying, because it was weird, like my post of it suddenly had seen by, been seen by 8 million people. And I ain't got 8 million follow so it'd gone a bit nuts and then lad bible nicked it and i did a post just saying oh look like lad bible have nicked it but it'd be pretty depressing if i'm getting pissed off at someone nicking a photo i did of a bath <laughs> i was like hopefully there's other things in my my lexicon of work over the years that i could be more proud of and protective of than a picture i took of a bath so i didn't care and then the lad bible commented said sorry Pip you're a great guy we've now credited you thanks because all the comments below were like fucking lad bible steal everything hating on them they came straight to me and go sorry sir (laughs) we'll correct that and it's now credited on there but yeah they were nice to me but they weren't very they posted it yeah they were but they gave you names and that didn't you a 30 year old man cross stitching yeah which is rare of them they could have been horrible but yes as a lad bible posted it I'm at the cinema and um, my phone's going mental in my pocket and step out. And How the it. fuck were you at the, c- the cinema without a card? I know, right. This is bullshit. Your stories fiction. are lies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, st- I'm taking the lad Bible to call. <laughs> printing straight bullshit. But yeah, you're at the cinema. And the uh, phone's going mental in my pocket and I have to step out to take it and I've got... I mean, you should have had it on silent, but... It was on silent. It was vibrating. Then. Yeah, turn the vibrate off. But right. yeah, go on. Continue. I've got a thing about that. Don't worry. Go no, no, um, no, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I, all of a sudden I've got hundreds and hundreds of missed calls and texts and thingies on Facebook, and yeah, and that was it. I went viral. It went absolutely mental, and someone p- sent it to me. Like, few people sent it to me just because it was funny, and I didn't really pay it much attention. Because there's loads of good stuff on Lab, but I think Lab Bubble do post some funny stuff. They post some appalling stuff and stuff I don't like, but there's some stuff in there after see that I think's cool. And I'd glimpsed it and I was, I, was, I was busy. And then someone just tweeted going, Your boy Keith's famous. <laughs> and I was like, What? And that made me look at it more because it was you. And I was like, this is brilliant. And yeah, they loved it. It went, it went crazy. But the next day was when it got weird and I woke up to a phone call from the BBC. Um, <laughs> They're like, oh, can we can we talk to you about your bank card? And I assumed it was Santander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't Santander. <laughs> That's amazing. And so you I had this on... like hour long interview with the BBC about cross stitching first thing in the morning. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to make myself sound cool, but it obviously did not come across That's that amazing. way because I was talking about sewing. Um, and yes, yeah, so the BBC picked it up and they put it all on their website and um, they put a picture of the bank card up on the on the BBC News. And um, it was the most read story of the day. Brilliant. Above a story about a bus that was powered by cow dung. Wow. So, you know, I got that going It's a for fair me. win. It's yeah, a fair right. win, yeah. But like 20 minutes after they, they posted it, they phoned me back like frantic, like, those aren't your real bank details on that card that you stitched, are they? <laughs> no, mate, that'd be, that'd be that'd, stupid. That'd be ridiculous. That's perfect. And then so after the BBC did it, then it was in the everywhere. The, uh, the Guardian called me a hipster. Uh, of course they did. Fair play. <laughs> yeah. 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 If the Guardian calls you a hipster, like, you must be up there in the hipster. Yeah, race. to be fair, you can't say they didn't do their research. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was in the Guardian and, like, the Express and pretty much everywhere. And I, got, I had to do an interview with the Russian Metro. Brilliant. I didn't know that was a thing. 
I assume it was a newspaper and not like their transit system. <laughs> Did J Life get in touch? Because <laughs> they are good. They are a good magazine for covering the news of people with beards that may or may not be Jewish. So yeah, did, and when did so that just it just yeah, got so bigger that was and bigger. One mental day, and then the next day, just gone. It was fine. I was very happy when it was all over with. Yeah, I'm, you wouldn't know this now, but I'm not that comfortable with public attention. That's <laughs> perfect. Well, you must have enjoyed it at the time, right? It must have been entertaining. It was a good day, but I was yeah. happy when it was over. That's crazy that it can be all in one day as well. Yeah, the I last ones were the Ipswich Ipswich Town. That's a thing, right? Yep. Right, their, their website. They yeah. were not happy with me. Really? Their swear words I'd never even heard of, mate. Yeah. Yeah, not, not farmers. a supportive bunch. Yeah. Farmers. Down that way. A lot of farmers, from what I've heard. Man, that's tough. Well, we're going we're gonna to have to wrap up the first half. You've, you've, you've had your amazing feel of cross-stitching, b- boat life, and just generally me getting someone to tell you all I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so make some noise for Keith, first of all. Thank you very much, sir. You can sit there, you can sit there. Damn right. All right, that's enough. There's enough noise for Keith, goddammit. Um, so what we're going to have now is an interval, and after the interval, the quality of what happens next is completely dependent on you guys. I'm realising I might have made a slight mistake, just because you've got... So how we're going to do it is... When you finish the interval, if you've got a question, the way we can do it is we're going to get people to form a queue at the side, just so you can actually come and sit down and is, there's not tons of waiting. So, you feel motivated for that? Well, I haven't even told you what the prize is, have I? The prize for the best question is a year's supply of fun snaps. <laughs> ah! Scared the shit you, didn't I? I mean, uh, transparency, a year's supply is five boxes, because fuck, you don't need to use fun snaps that often. But yeah, so go to the toilets, have your ten minute break, then come back and ask some questions. There you go. How good was Keith? That was that was the first ever live Distraction Pieces podcast. It's episode 67. I should mention that now. I didn't mention it in my live intro because I was excited. Um, yeah, Keith was amazing. I expected, I was hoping to get a good 20 minutes chat out of Keith and he was just amazing. The crowd loved him. Um, it was weird doing the podcast live because... I don't know, it felt like we were both playing for laughs a bit more. I mean, I do that with the in the general interviews anyway. We have a laugh and we, and we mess about because it's normally with, with people I know or friends in general. But it was, was nice having the crowd there. The turnout was insane. There was over 300 people turned out just to watch us talk, which is mental. Um, it, it was meant to be a one-off for the birthday, but the Leicester Square Theatre are keen to have us back. There's a lot of people keen to have us in different parts of the country. I've no plans at the moment to do any more, and I'm definitely not doing any more this year. I'm knackered. But um, it did did make me consider this could be something that we could do, you know, every every six months or so, or maybe try a few more, maybe get out the out, out of the South and visit more people. But, but, but we shall see. Time will tell. Um, part two's on its way. So this one as ever will have come at midnight on Wednesday and we're going to have part two at midday. And part two is the audience Q&A. That's you lot. That's you lot asked some amazing questions. And this is going to sound like I'm kissing ass, but there weren't any shit questions. I was so worried there were going to be some shit questions. One guy, and he's going to be sad now because he's going to hear this before he gets to his, uh, one guy asked a really good question and then at the end added... Like, would you either have arms for legs or legs for arms? And I was worried that it was going to all go a bit Reddit and have loads of just silly questions like that when the point of the podcast and the point of the Q&A was to have discussions and debates. So it wasn't even about ask me a question and I'll answer it. There were people, you know, engaging and we were going back and forth and having a discussion. So it wasn't about who can ask the funniest question. Um, So, yeah, it was great. Um, I'm going to go because the next part is fucking long. Um... So tune in for that. 
and uh, yeah, the first ever stretch. It's been. I mean, I, I need to actually get all a bit emotional. It's been a year now, so that's amazing. This is this podcast was to celebrate our first year. I know it's been just over a year because we started at the beginning of October and it's now a November, but still. It's pretty nice. We've had some uh, amazing guests, as I mentioned. Um, really kindly on last week's episode, Adam Buxton. No, on Adam last week's episode of Adam Buxton's podcast, he mentioned the Gail Porter episode. And ones I like that stand out to me, people like Gail Porter and, and Eddie Temple Morris um, and Tom Robinson, three that stand out for just putting their heart, pouring their hearts out and people really connected hugely to those to those episodes um Ramel the uh the Congolese refugee special that was just amazing that felt important oh, oh, ones like Ramel and Killer Mike and Akala all felt important and I don't mean to sound arrogant in that way not because of me because of the stories that they told and after all three of them I drove home going man that feels like a kind of important conversation has happened there so yeah uh, they were great to do but even just starting with a Russell Brand the Zane Lowe one was one of my favourite conversations I've ever had on or off record um, I say that that regularly about the Gail Porter ones and that's true too but we've had so many good people a uh, Josie Long we've had the kind of not so famous people like Paul f- uh, from the Prince Charles cinema that went down a, a treat and, 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 and JP um, from a Banquet Records um, and Dr. Susie Gage and so many good people, Carla v- a- a Valentine for our sex and death special. So, so Dr. S- Susie Gage did our drug special and S- uh, Susie Valentine did the sex and death special. So again, so many to look into and check out. But um, yeah, anyway, I'm rambling on and getting all emotional. Um, I will see you next week. No, I won't. I'll see you in a few minutes because you've probably not downloaded this at midnight. I'll see you at midday with part two of the Stretch and Pieces podcast live.